0: What is up everybody? Welcome to the Halftime Snacks Podcast. This show features short interviews that you can listen during the halftime of your favorite sports events. Every Tuesday I host fun conversations with talented people in the sports industry where we'll learn from their stories, knowledge, and experiences. So go grab your favorite snack and come snack with us. Are you ready? Let's go! Today's halftime snack features a wonderful and unique guest. This episode not only features an entrepreneur with over 20 years of experience in motorsports and esports, but she's also a three time motocross world champion and an advocate for diversity and inclusion in sports. Today, she's the founder and CEO of Init Sports and Init Esports, entities that aim to create, develop, and promote events in motorsports, e mobility, and esports to create opportunities for women and for minorities. Besides being an active speaker empowering women in sports, she advises for different organizations such as Women in Sports Tech, the NCAA Esports Commission and the EK Female Advisory Board. It is my honor and pleasure to host her in today's Halftime Snacks. Ladies and gentlemen, Steffi Bow. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Thank you, Ronan. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: No, the pleasure is mine, Steffi. Welcome to the Halftime Snacks. Let's kick it off with a fun icebreaker. And I want to ask you, if you were a wrestler, what would be your entrance theme song? Now, I don't know if you have this in motocross. I don't know if you have this like entrance or or something where you can play your, your theme song. Let's say if you were a wrestler, what would be your theme song?
1: Well. I'm not really sure but maybe you know like it, it just popped in my my head like the eye of the tiger.
0: Okay. So, you know, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a great one. You will get everyone pumped up. That's uh, that's amazing. <laughs> Let's talk about how you got first you first got into motorsports. Of course you're three-time world champion and wow like it's this type of like sport that is like so unique. You know how um like speed and, and there's all these things going all around. So let's let's just go back in history and talk about how you first got into it.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I was a little girl because I started riding F4 with a big, big dream. I wanted to become the world champion. And uh, it was like a pass on to me, I guess, for the passion from my mom and dad. They've been a fan of the sport. So back in Italy, they used to go out and watch the world championship when it was the time to come around in Italy. And they brought me since I was a little girl. And then one day I asked my mom and dad, can we get a motorcycle for me too? And they bought it. And, and then the, the rest is history.
0: Oh, wow. So that's a, that's, a, that's a great introduction for you. I'm sure it came a long way. From that point to really becoming the world champion, um, and I'm—I I really want to hear more about it, and we'll get into it a little bit more um, about that. But I wanna—there's uh, th- th- this one concept that I've—I've—I've I've, I've thought about. Really, I don't know so much more about um, motor motor sports that probably the average, you know, um, sports fan. So I know that it's like kind of like really racing and coming out to be, you know, the first one, but I'm sure there's so much more to it, like what really makes, you know, someone uh, be consistent, you know, and stay consistent during during his or her uh, races. So, but there's this thing that I, w- I, w- I wanted to, like, talk about with you, and that is um, risk and reward. You know, this is very popular terms and concepts in, like, let's say, finance or in other areas, but I'm not really sure how it applies to um to motorsports. So can you share with us maybe what you think about that or if you have any s- different like stories that can really help us represent what do they mean in the concept of motorsports? I think this will blow our minds because none of us like at least not me I don't even know what it means but I think it's going to be really interesting to hear it from you.
1: Yeah, so you know what I can say is that uh, as an athlete whatever type of athlete you are you are you lead with passion. So anything you do, it's about the passion that you have for that sport. So in motorsport, there is an added risk because uh, you use a car or a motorcycle in my case and then bring in a totally different um, new ways of possibly getting hurt, you know, like and figure it out what what can happen. But when you are a professional athlete, you just don't think of that. You just can't because if you think of... um, failure then you will never be able to perform at the best and i have to say you know like in business it turns out to be very much the same like for me i, I helped me a lot in my business career after racing to really apply the same thing that i learned during my professional sport career i mean motocross and 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 car racing they teach you strategy you know, you need to learn, you know, where and how to compete against your competition. They t- teach you, they not never give up attitude because stuff can happen. And that is the same, same in business, you know, but if you have the passion and you know and you believe in things, you can keep going, you know, and not be put back. They teach you, you know, like uh, um, ways to to uh, be in front of people, you know, like uh, when you are successful, you have to be able to um, have interviews in front of millions or thousands of people. And it's the same thing that happens when you enter the business world. You know, you need to be able to be in front of people and 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 promote yourself to get that job or that position or the mm. promotion. So you know, risk and rewards. In anything in life, if you love what you do, you don't see the risk. So everything is a reward. So that's for me, you know, like I, I live life in that way. And the sport taught me that. And I'm applying that to business as well.
0: That's very interesting. And I wonder if there's any point in time, especially in your career, uh, in, in you know, racing. Was there any point in time that you felt like you failed? I I want to touch on this, on this subject. Uh, you had like an injury. That end of your career, I don't know if you consider that a failure for you or I, I wonder how you like perceive it. I understand right. that you don't want like you want to you don't want to think about it when you are racing or when you are competing. You don't want to think about like risk or the, the, the chances of failing. Uh, but I wonder if like what, what's your mentality towards that? How did you see your uh, injury in in in? Let's let's call it that. That um, in that way, how did you really perceive it, and how has it helped you, helped you, really grow and become who you are today?
1: Yeah. So, like anything you do in life, when you crash or or fail or don't get quite where you wanna be, it is a learning experience, right? So everything that happens, it happens, and then you learn and then you try to better yourself. In this particular case that you brought out, this uh, career-ending injury, it was the first time in my life that I fell and I couldn't get up. Meaning like I couldn't continue anymore to do what I love to do up to that point. It was very abrupt. So, you know, it's like all of a sudden the word that I knew up until that point, pretty much ended. So, you know, like you do go through moments of depression and being sad and actually kind of like try to figure it out. Okay. So now what, you know, what is going to happen next? But, you know, like I ended up um, turning things around and I try very hard to look at the positive and I turn a negative, um, um, happening into something positive. And I start thinking it's like at 28 years old, which was the time that I got hurt. I was a very accomplished racer. You know, at that point I had the chance now to start another successful career, you know, like just at 28. And a lot of people don't even start their first career 20 years, or years old, right? So you kind of like always try to look at the positive and I feel the people that are success in life they really grasp to that notion a lot. So I suggest to everybody to always look at the silver lining and try to find the positive on everything that happens to you.
0: That's super interesting. You know, really going from like 100%, you know, being devoted all your life to it and then going to zero, it really must have been, um, you know, heart crushing for you and for, you know, your emotions. Would you say that kind of like there's specific factors surrounding you that help you Overcome that. Um, I'm just thinking about like quickly, like friends or family or your own like voice, in inside voice. Like, is there any specific thing that really helped you? In case anyone listening or anyone that uh, interested in in maybe learning, how do you really uh, overcome that or become more mentally tough or more resilient? Do you have any like what what? really worked for you Um,
1: yeah you know like i have to say for sure surrounding yourself with positive people no matter what that's a very first step that you should look at in your life so for me i've been very lucky to have incredible parents that they support me on anything i did so they were there in the good times and in the bad times so then you know like having a, a team of people you know around you motorsport is a single person sport but not really meaning that you have a team around you that take care of the motorcycle the car you know the sponsorship and you know the uh training and whatnot so all of these people they become your family so having like a team around you that is there no matter what it is the number one thing that you can have to be able to get out of bad situations. So, yes, I always say that. And, uh, you know, it's a suggestion to everybody. And always try to s- surround yourself with people that might be even knowing more than you, because you can always learn from somebody that is better than you. Right. So, try to do that, you know, like always surround yourself with people that might have been there before, that they can be your mentor, you know, and then uh, you can learn from them and continue to grow.
0: I love that. I love that. Let's talk about init esports and init sports. Do you refer to it as init sports or just in it? I just call init I just, e-sports? it. Like... They
1: kind of like go all of them <laughs> under one umbrella at one point. So it's just in it, <laughs> you know?
0: Okay. Okay. So let's talk about in it. Yeah. Um, I wonder when did you first realize there was a need or a pain in the industry mm-hmm. or two, two dots that you saw that were interesting to, to connect uh, through in it and the, that this was something you really stood for and wanted to make a change in it. What was the moment when you were like, ah, this <laughs> needs a solution?
1: Yeah, so first I'm going to give a, a, a small distinction. So in it, sport is more like a business development company. And that's what I created after I, I got done with my racing career. And that was because I had all of this connection all over around the world. So I fell onto what I knew. So about, you know, connecting people, connecting companies, you know, and help them opening up branches either in Europe or in the United States. I've done that for a very long time and very, very happy with that. And then about two years ago, I was in Italy and I saw my niece spending four to five hours a day watching people playing video games. And I'm like, huh, I'm a person that usually like very much to look at the younger generation because I think they are the trendsetter so you know like um, you can learn a lot from the, the young people what they spend their time so i'm like hmm let's see if i can connect the two things and if i can connect motorsport and video game so i dove i dove deep into the the field and um, I learned that uh, Formula One was the the number one e-sport for motorsport, they did an incredible job, but there was like a a lot of like uh, gaps, you know, like around the world to really try to make motorsport as an opportunity, just like all the other e-sports. Because I I walk and talk the diversity and inclusion aspect, I wanted to put everything under one umbrella and say, okay, I'm going to develop a company that's going to focus on creating events, special events, where we can bring in people from any background, any minority, any walk of life to be able to enjoy something that is super fun. On top of it. You know, if you know anything or you don't know anything about esports, the video games that are famous, they probably have entered people's household, like the League of Legends and the Fortnite. Those sports are very difficult to understand. You know, if you are not into that field, car racing is simple. It's intuitive. Everybody's been in a car, so you know, like you have at least the concept that there is a steering wheel and a brake pedal and a gas pedal, right? So. Yeah, I just uh, again going back to the beginning of the podcast I follow my passion and uh, I I saw the dots I connect them and now I have in it e-sport and we are coming up with a very very super cool uh, initiative.
0: Okay, so I get I guess that we can get a really really valuable insight from you right here Steffi. What do you think is harder to win in real motorsports or to win in e-sports <laughs> motorsports? You know,
1: it's a very funny <laughs> question that you put out there because uh depending who you ask you know it'll give you a different a different <laughs> answer let's say like this though like uh, in in real motorsport you had the physical aspect which is not as strong as in 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 digital sport because you are not really inside a car or on a motorcycle right. but the mental toughness it's identical like uh, i have oh, wow. i had the uh, people playing you know on a sim racing and have the same heartbeat you know then uh, the same ride the driver that is in the car so you know like uh, those type of uh, reaction they are very very sim- similar but you take away the opportunity to get hurt so <laughs> you know so i i don't know you know like uh, what's hardest or what, what's toughest you know like um, Again, if you're looking on the physical side, you know, because of the risk and reward aspect as a ratio, you know, the real in real life sport is harder. But, you know, there are those people that train as much as as the real drivers. So eight, nine hour a day, you know, they are on the sims and and they train. So it's very similar, I have to say.
0: That's fascinating. It's definitely uh, safer to do it on eSports. But kind of like really intrigues me where or how can that fit into like training if that makes any sense like how maybe not now but maybe how much in the future can you train actual motorsports athletes in or through esports i think that's uh it's going to be super interesting to to see Talking about like a little bit of about that kind of like the technology and how it's shifting and how it's accelerating. Um, You've been in the sport for a while, so you know it quite you know it quite well. How have you seen technology shift motorsports and how do you see it shifting in the future? Like what what are some of the things that, you know, as you mentioned probably before was, you know, the trend that you saw on your on your knees. uh, But now uh like who you're seeing it from or what kind of like things you think are going to shift or make this connection between those two dots motorsports and esports closer together maybe th- that part of the training that i mentioned is something that you already see and you already know so let me stop talking and you give us you give us what you think about that
1: yeah so uh, sim racing is actually becoming the only sport right now that really um translate into the real real thing. Um, all the top uh, um, teams in the world, they have simulators and they put their driver into the simulator because they are so sophisticated that you can have the same exact reaction that you have when you are in the car. I'll tell you one more. There was a campaign that was done a couple years ago from uh, um, putting together people They play on the sim. This particular guy won this competition And it caught the attention, you know, of his skills from a real team. The real team hired the guy to do a race. In his second real race, in real life race, he won the race. So it is there, you know, it's it's a grassroots way to be able to bring more people into motorsports. So what we are doing within it is actually going to schools now. To be able to bring sim racing technology into schools, so people can get a possibility instead in of you know having to spend a lot of money to get a go kart, for instance, and start you know practice and get a passion about the sport, now you can do it for a fraction of the cost in in a sim, right? And then, of course, you know there are so many different levels of of sim, so they can, it can get expensive, but you know. The first step with the steering wheel and the pedal, is not that pricing, but it gives you the same feeling to be able to, to get into, into the sport. Also, sim racing gives the opportunity to really um, develop STEM, meaning um, there is a lot of opportunity to get into engineering through learning how to manoeuvre a simulator. You know, so this, you know, like is another career path. So then it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody has to be a, a driver, you know, but it can open up opportunity to develop people that can be engineering and you know, try to figure out chassis, how they work in the car, you know, and all of this is something that now the companies that they make cars. So car manufacturers are looking into it and having, driver they can be testing cars in the sim before actually even making the car because the technology is there you know you can learn so much right. so it's super intriguing and it's opening up doors you know in so many different ways so and for me what is very very exciting is the fact that it gives opportunity to minorities to really get involved with it without having to spend a lot of money to actually get a first go-kart you know and then go get involved and get the passion for it
0: yeah, that's uh, that's something amazing that you've been doing. I want to talk more about that. Um, diversity and inclusion, of course, it has been, I guess, a relevant a relevant area in your career. Uh, I'm not sure if it was as accepted before as it is now to have a the mixed uh, element in in motorsport, both for for having uh, male and women uh, racers. Uh, Probably could be really interesting if we could get your insight ar- around that. And also, like, if you can tell us a bit of what you are trying to do actively, what type of projects you're working on to bring and, and you know, uh, bridge these two elements together. I think we'll learn a lot about that.
1: Yeah, so I can say that I've been very lucky to have two parents. They never put anything in front of me like they I cannot do. Right, so having, having parents, I say that you can do whatever you put your uh, your your heart to by working hard, because there is no shortcut in this life, so you have to work hard, you know, you can achieve it. So I always led with that. So every time, even starting in a sport that is male dominated, meaning like there is not many female participating, I never saw myself any different than any other competitor. So by growing up with that mentality, I carry it with me throughout my entire life. So, you know, like um, now I do a lot lot of talks, you know, to inspire people. and I always like to say, don't put yourself in that box. Like a society tend to say, oh, women should do this, where men should do that. And minority should be there, but not here and so on and so forth. So I'm like you change your own mentality. Don't put yourself in that box. You know, so if you, if you can just try to change the way of thinking little by little, people are going to start to you to see you as somebody that don't, don't want to be put in the box. So immediately they put you in the same level of them when you discuss with them. And this is why, you know, like by living my life in this way, I am on board meeting where more often than not, I'm the only woman there. And and I'm totally comfortable because I lead with that message. So for me, it's also important to show this to other women, especially because I'm a believer that if you can see it, you can be it. So, you know, I always tell women and girls like, hey, I've done it. So I'm here. I'm going to teach how to do it, too. You know, and then let's see where we can go. So for me, it's just just that don't put yourself in the box and and just believe in yourself.
0: That's super interesting how you mentioned it, it really comes down from a psychological standpoint. You know, how like the beliefs that you have really shape your reality or shape your uh, the way you think about things. And that really makes your actions different. Um, so I just want to double tap on those beliefs. And I want to know if there's, you know, besides that, you know, limiting yourself um, and and staying in that box. Is there any other belief? It can either be held also by 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 women or men. Or, or men. I, 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 I want to know if there's anything that you think, that people think, that might be, you know, not so accurate in your experience, or that you may disagree with, or that maybe it is true, but you're not so sure. Like, is there anything else that you can share with us regarding beliefs and, and, and really things that, may sound, you know, counterintuitive to people listening and being like, really? But I thought that was the way. And then you come in, you know, with challenging this belief, really, you know, is, 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 is actually going to help them in the long run than hurt them. So if, is there any, any beliefs that you want to share with us?
1: Yes, I can tell you that I have encountered in my life so many people, they think that other people are unreachable. That's wrong. We are all human beings. So, you know, we have to respect each other's times, of course, but just go out and ask. You are an example. You came out and find me and ask me, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? So just do it because it's not true that if somebody is doing something and you're not doing it, then that person is unreachable. And this is something that a lot of people believe. And for me, I don't understand why, but you know, like uh, I'm telling you, don't be afraid. Just go and ask. People are out there, and a lot of time they really wanted to help. So, be respectful. That's the one hundred percent, number one rule. You know, because everybody a, a, a has a time. You know, and they cannot really put all the time for other people. But if you're polite and you say, "Hey, I yeah, would like your suggestion." 99% of the time that person gonna reply and say, Yeah, how can I help you? So just go for it.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that Steffi. Um I've 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 heard so many amazing um kind of like mantras from you. You kind of like said just do it, and you also said uh, you know, don't be afraid and don't stay, you know, in don't try to like stay in your lane, just you know, expand your your eye view and your sight and your perspective, and all those are really inspiring, uh, Steffi. Thank you so much for sharing. I can't really you know leave you and let you go without asking you a more even more personal question, and that is uh, amongst all of like the the mantras and all the like ways that you think, what is the what is the, like the number one mantra that you you keep your, yourself reminding yourself, telling yourself every single day that really pushes you forward pushed you forward to win three championships and pushed you to, you know, expand the boundaries of what was thought about diversity and inclusion and is pushing you even further to, you know, develop and discover new and interesting opportunities in the intersection between sports, esports and motorsports. So what is it that you tell yourself to be able to achieve all this greatness in this short time and that is going to really help you? to get to that next step and next level in the upcoming, you know, years?
1: Yeah, I would say that it is making the impossible possible because it's impossible until you've done it.
0: That's amazing. That's an amazing one, Steffi. I wanna thank you so much, really, for coming to the Halftime Snacks. It has been a pleasure to have you and Snack, an amazing and insightful, interesting, Uh, inspiring story to hear really firsthand from you is really a pleasure and an honor so i can't thank you enough i'm sure it's gonna be such a successful you know venture in it in the future i wish i could invest sometime in the future uh not that i have any money right now but maybe i will uh but anyways thank you so much sefi i'm looking forward to, to more interesting insightful discussions with you very much for tuning in if you enjoy this episode hit the subscribe button and leave a review on apple podcasts if you enjoy learning about the business and technology behind sports make sure you subscribe to the sports tech biz newsletter i'll leave the link in the show notes see you all next week bye -bye.